Are you ready? No. No. Nobody a fan of the DX reference? No. Can you Welcome dig to it? the pod? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Off the Dome Sports Podcast, your favorite sports podcast where two and sometimes three sports lovers sit and give their hot takes. Off, off the dome. dome. I am Redfish. I am Mustang. And I'm Reeve Hustle. And oh. I just got off work. <laughs> Thank you, you very much, Chicken Joe. Um, glad to see Chicken Joe Mustang in the building. Reba Hustle, how we doing? You know. Sure. This guy. Make sure to follow us on the artist formerly known as Twitter. X. Uh, off the underscore dome pod. That's where you get all the updates. Make sure to follow at B in the know. K-N-E-A-U-X. The only way to spell it. Make sure to keep with us on YouTube as well. Uh, not only do we do lives on here, but we also post the videos once they're done. That way they're easier to watch. Uh, this is episode 91. And then, of course, we post on Spotify as well. Um, so lots of places to get our content. Make sure to keep up with us. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you find yourself coming back every week, why not hit that subscribe button on subscribe. YouTube or that follow button on Twitch? Yep. Whatever you're watching on Spotify even. Mm-hmm. Um it helps us, you know, get our name out there. We love doing this. We love providing content for all of you. And uh, so why not help us out a little bit? We help you. We place bets. Don't really hit, but. <laughs> and, then, you know, of course, tell your family and your friends. Help us spread the love. And then, of course, if you're watching live, you can drop some comments in the chat. Like you always see Sound Man or The Dut do. Dangerous Dut. Dangerous Dut, indeed. Um, so make sure to keep up with the comments, like, comment, subscribe on YouTube, follow us on Spotify, follow us on X, all the good stuff. Uh, and then, of course, the boys at The Know. So let's, you know, we've started this thing every episode where we do the good, the bad, and the ugly. And um, there was the good, the okay, and the ugly this week. This week it was the good, the the mid, and mm-hmm. the very, very bad. And the groupie. Um, and the groupie. Hey, <laughs> hey, the groupie did good. That's exactly um, but we'll start off with the good. Um, we'll start off with uh, a team that I got to see live for my last time as a student of the university um, while sitting next to one of the most annoying bands of all time and one of the most annoying fans of all time who just so happens to be a graduate of the visiting team, LSU Tigers. The most flamboyant cheer squad, cheer squad I've ever yeah. seen. Uh, we saw LSU go into Death Valley at 11 a.m. on a Saturday and take on the Texas A&M Aggies, where we pulled out the win 42-30 to after a very rough start to the game uh, through not only the first half, but kind of the first three quarters. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we ended up pulling out the win by 12. Uh, it wasn't a it – was, it was a sloppy win, to say the least. It wasn't a beautiful football game. But all that matters is our team scored more points than the other team. Um, and that's what ended up happening. So – Chicken Joe, would you uh, care to comment, and then we'll go on to Rebo Hustle? Um, yeah, I mean, kind of a similar thing we've seen this Tigers team do all year round. Um, it just took a little while to get going for the offense, but, you know, on the alternative side, defense did look a little better than what we've seen, especially, you know, playing an SEC team, uh, especially that team being A&M, who we know has always given us trouble last game of the season, past five years. Um, so it kind of felt good to see our defense have that little spark. I mean, even Omar was had one tackle. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're not going to talk about Omar. And notice how I'm not even looking at the camera right yeah. now. I don't want to hear about Omar for space. you know, um, I encourage you all to go watch a video that Soundman sent me earlier today of the T-Bob A-Bear mm-hmm. voicing his opinions on who deserves the Heisman. Because, I mean, if you can't tell, it's JD5. Yeah. He is just the stat master when it comes to Heisman. Previous Heisman winners, current Heisman candidates, he owns everybody. Mm -hmm. And it's unreal how it's even a debate, how it's been a debate all season. Um, I mean, I, I I can't say enough about him. Such an electric player. I mean... Even going into this fourth quarter where you know you need points and he just delivers play after play, drive after drive, looking completely composed in the valley of death. Ooh. All right. Is that it? Yep. All right. So my takeaway <laughs> is that it. Well, how rude, huh? Well, he was he was on one. I had to give him, <laughs> I had to let him tear it up. Yeah. Um my takeaways from the game. Man, I'm glad to know that we only have to deal with one more game from Omar Spates because how in God's green earth do you touch a fullback for 45 yards in one play and he scores a touchdown? You actually had contact with him for all 45 yards. Um, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was right in front of us. It was right in front of us. Also, Marks, probably... Only one more game of the terrible Madhouse play calling. So oh, that's another thing to get hope. excited about. One would hope. Yeah, that's the exact stat I was talking about. Like oh. The exact yeah. tweet. Um, post. So, but offensively, it's kind of, it was worrying in the first three quarters that you have a Heisman finalist, you have two Bolitnikov finalists, you have finalists for offensive line of the year, you have finalists for assistant coach of the year and we kind of sputtered out a couple times yeah. which I mean yes A&M's a great team yes they have coaching problems and we're a little bit down this year so that's I guess what makes it a little bit more frustrating but it's just impossible to think that with all of that collective talent all of those guys having such great years that an A&M team who just fired their head coach because they've been doing so poorly compared to what they should be doing is hanging on for three quarters. Yeah. Um, like Mustang mentioned, A&M every year, last game of the year, it's always a matchup. No matter if one team's really good and the other team's really bad, it's always something um, between A&M and LSU. But like you said, I mean, there's no reason that A&M should have been sticking around as long as they were. Um, LSU should have had that thing in hand by halftime. Uh, A&M does have a really good defense this year, and you know we've seen them hold very good offenses in Ole Miss and Alabama to lower points than they're used to. But LSU had the number one offense um, all year. Now, of course, if you look at the in, in stats, everything's fine. Oh, yeah. um, but the first half, you know, we had to make some adjustments we didn't make. For me, the biggest thing was opening drive. We punt. I can't tell you the last time we had a punt on the opening drive. Right. And even if, like, even if we did, I wouldn't believe you, because <laughs> it feels like we it feels like we haven't. Like we've, we we lie to each other all the time. We do. Um, we gaslight each other quite a bit. Um, but 
But no, it feels it, it felt really weird to have a punt on the first drive of the game, especially at home. We got the ball to start the game. I mean, I thought it was going to be I thought it was going to be an electric environment, like immediately fireworks popping off. We were in the all whites. I mean, it, it, everything felt right, and then the game started, and it was like, oh man, this just isn't this isn't what we expected. Um, but all in all, end results where we wanted it. Um, speaking to Mustangs JD five for the Heisman debate um cody warsham um who is the associate ad for i think communications um at lsu um he's he's really big at lsu everybody knows who he is uh jd5 versus michael Penix versus bo nix 30 different stats basically any stat you could ask for when it comes to a quarterback they've got all three on the same graphic all three on the same graphic can you guess how many of the 30 stat categories does Jaden daniels lead in at least 23. I haven't seen this thing. It would be correct. It's 25. It's 25. He leads 25 out of the 30. The only ones he does not lead in. Passing yards, where he's behind by less than 100 to yeah. Bo Nix. In the Pac-12. Completion in percentage. The in the Pac-12. <laughs> yeah. um, completion percentage, where... Listen, Bo Nix is a very accurate quarterback. That's his thing. But also, most of his passes, yeah, within look, five yards. Look, that's, that's exactly what... DT Bob Aber went on and on about in that video I, I mentioned earlier. He talks about how Jaden Daniels is, he, of course, you know, T, being T Bob, he used a little bit more explicit language. Some would say. But talks about how Jaden Daniels is airing this ball out 40, 50 yards, you know, throwing the deep ball. How And then there's, you know, Bo Nix who will throw a five, 10 yard dump off pass and let his receiver run for 60. Yeah, I mean, when when it for me, what I what I like to look at when you look at the quarterbacks is, do they offer anything in the rushing game? Because not only is that important for winning games, it's important for the NFL. Because if you look at the most successful quarterbacks in the NFL right now, they can at least run the ball. Jalen Hurts is the front runner for MVP. He is a great runner. It's an improviser league now. It's no exactly. longer the pocket quarterback. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes is the definition of an improviser, and he is widely renowned as the best quarterback of this generation, if not one of the best of all time already. Um Jaden Daniels has 1,134 rushing yards. Of Michael Penix and Bo Nix, Bo Nix is second with 159. Yeah. Jaden Daniels has almost 1,000 more rushing yards than him. He has more passing touchdowns, more rushing touchdowns, and therefore more total touchdowns. Um, he has more yards per attempt, more yards per attempt rushing, more more plays, more yards per play, a higher QBR. And my favorite stat here is they have an NFL-adjusted passer rating so what would your passer rating be on the nfl on similar plays oh. Jaden daniels nfl passer rating now remember an nfl passer rating the perfect you can get is like 159.8 i believe his 146.8 to bo nicks wow. 127 i mean there is not much you can say about bo nicks that he's better than Jaden daniels unless you're only box score stat watching for passing yards. Um, and then the end-all, be-all for me is strength of schedule. LSU had the 7th-ranked schedule this season. Oregon had the 62nd. Like, we're, we played... We lost two games, both to teams that are in the conversation for the CFP right now. Correct. We lost to Florida State, who is still undefeated, and if they win in the ACC championship against Louisville, they will have a completely undefeated season. Yep. And we lost to Alabama who has one of the best defenses in the SEC, and if they beat Georgia, they are 100% in the top four. 
I mean, the the argument against Jaden Daniels is so nitpicky at this point that you have to recognize, like, if I'm having to pick out these little tiny things that somebody else did better to put somebody else down, they're probably better in the first place. Um, and that's how I feel about the JD5 versus Bo Nix comparison right now is you can look at a lot of different parts of the game and argue Jaden Daniels is better. There's not a lot you can say that Bo Nix does better than Jaden Daniels. Yeah. I mean, I think we saw a graphic during the game that was like the last four people to win Heisman with three-plus three losses. Stat-wise, JD5 is having a better year than Lamar. All of them. Is having a better year than Tim Tebow. And it's just unquestionable that you'd be robbing the system if you were just like, oh, well, Bo Nix is on a one-loss one team. He just yeah. has to be better. Yeah, and then, um, you know, RG3 was the announcer on ESPN, or the commentator on ESPN. Don't remind For me. the Baton Rouge matchup this past weekend. And he was somebody who, on social media, was saying Jaden Daniels is just not the Heisman. He's not. It's blah, 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 blah. And then after the game, he posted a picture of him on the field with Jaden Daniels and said, he has my Heisman vote. And for him to do that after what was Jaden Daniels' probably worst game in the past six weeks, yeah. I mean, that I think that says a lot, especially coming from a guy like RG3, who was one of those guys who won the Heisman on a three-loss team because of what he could do both through the air and on the ground. Um, I mean, very, very similar situations. Um, so, JD5, I mean, obviously none of us have votes, but if we did, um, excluding... Couldn't click it fast enough. Huh? Couldn't click it fast enough. No, excluding... I mean, you, you can exclude bias and just look at the stats and look at what the objective truth about the Heisman is, and that's the best college football player in a specific season. It was Jaden Daniels this year. If only I would have kept that bet. <laughs> <laughs> Can't have it. Hey, we were right about, you know, we at the beginning of the season, we did talk about how Jaden Daniels was going to be a, a Heisman candidate. Yeah. Hey, we have the receipts to say I was the hater then. Um, yeah, because you hated him. Yeah. Um, so. I'm not going to take it back. We have the receipts. Can't. We have the receipts. Can't take it back. Well, I did. I did look at a, um, I got a little curious, started looking at some mock drafts earlier today. A lot of them have Jaden Daniels. To go middle of the first, yep. Which I think could be adjusted. You know, still got bowl game to play, uh, still got awards to go out. Could move up a little bit because they did have JJ McCarthy over him, uh, Drake May, all these guys. In my opinion, shouldn't be over him in the NFL draft. But uh, another thing I saw was in just about everyone I I saw, um, Jaden Daniels going 14th, and right behind him was Malik Neighbors going 15th. Yeah, um, that that's kind of the next thing I wanted to talk about was like Malik Neighbors, um, because he is, in my opinion, the front runner for Blitnikoff. Um, he has more yards, more touch, same amount of touchdowns le- on less catches than Marvin Harrison. Yeah. I, I think they have the same amount of touchdowns, or Malik might have one less, but he has more yards on less catches, more expo- explosive plays. Like, th- there's nothing you can say to say Malik Neighbors isn't the best wide receiver in the country right now, so... For us to be in a spot four years removed from an undefeated season with a Heisman-Bolitnikoff combo to having three losses but still having a Heisman-Bolitnikoff combo or what should be one. Um, Correct. Oh, feels good. Feels, feels very good. good to be a gangster. It also feels really good that the two wide receiver prospects are Louisiana natives. Yeah. And we've seen that in 
the recruiting class recently, there's been two top corn, three star corners that were out of state that said decommitted, and then we went and got two more three star guys in state, and you're almost guaranteed just because they're in state, they're gonna put on purple and gold and fight harder. Yeah, and it just means more. It just means more. Yeah, it, it's such a cheesy tagline with the SEC. It just means more, but it's so true. I mean, and, and it's not like you know we're seeing two to three star people, and you're like, oh, they'll be okay, because Justin Jefferson was once a two star recruit out of Destrehan. Yeah, uh, he came in at LSU, ends up being a first round pick, and now he's widely regarded as the best receiver in the NFL. Like LSU has people in place to do things that are really special. Um, and I think we've seen that this year with literally everybody on our offense getting awarded something. Like, everybody's got something that they're up for. Um, so, it, it's really it's really a good spot to be in. Now, we do have to recognize a lot of these guys will not be here next year. Uh, I mean, Jaden and Malik probably going first round. Brian Thomas, late first, early second. Yeah. Um, you know, Makai Wingo off the injury may or may not come back. That's something that I know Brian Kelly's talked about and like yeah. trying to convince him to come back, but you never know. We saw earlier today Imani Goodwin enter uh, the transfer enter, portal. Entering the transfer portal. I mean, he didn't what really play strange, this year anyway. Like, what a strange year for him. Like, last year he was yeah. one of the guys in the rotation, and now. Like last week, we rolled out six plus running backs, and he wasn't one. Yeah, it was it was really weird. I, 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 was, I expected him to be the return guy this year because he he showed some flashes yeah. the previous year when yeah. we couldn't get anybody to catch catch a punt. Well, Clayton did Clayton it. did really well this year, so I'm glad we he had did. him back there. But and like with how stacked the running back room is, I'm glad for him that he can go and find a different place that will yeah. suit him better. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean. That just speaks volumes to the room. Yeah. I mean, Armani Goodwin and Josh Williams were the one two last year, and Josh Williams was our three this year. Yeah. Um, behind Logan Diggs, and I mean, although he's not a running back, Jaden Daniels was really our first rushing option. <laughs> um it, he was he was the one getting the most yards. Um, but you know, Logan Diggs was in the room, Noah Kane was in the room, Josh Williams, John Emery before he tore his ACL, like it was a Caleb stacked Jackson. running back room. Caleb Jackson made an appearance running over people quite a few times. Um, so I think that's kind of like, you know, we just finished our last regular season game. That's the last thing we really have to, you know, take. Make sure we're not taking this season for granted because it may be a, a while before we see a season like it again with this kind of talent making this kind of impact. Um, that being said, we will have one more game, the bowl game. Malik Neighbors said he is playing. Jaden Daniels is still unannounced. I'm assuming he probably won't if we're being honest, um, just to keep his draft stock up because yeah. you couldn't have done more for your draft stock than you did this year. Well, um, with where LSU's sitting in the SEC rankings with three losses in Missouri and Ole Miss only having two, they are the fifth seed in the SEC, which most likely means like Music City Bowl. So you're playing against the sixth seed in the So that's, that's the next thing I was going to bring up is where they have us right now. Um, as far as where the where's the bowl game going to be, um, every projection right now has us in the ReliQuest Bowl, which is the new Outback Bowl. Ah. Um, ReliQuest took it from Outback, um, so that's Get got. that's where they that's where they have Get us at got. right now. Is the I mean every projection ESPN on three CBS all of it has us going there. 
Um, I guess that's just kind of where we we're at right now. And um, the the last thing I want to talk about with LSU was the potential matchup for a bowl game. Um, and most projections had us going against Notre Dame, which Hell I yeah. think would be really, really fun. Um, I think it would be an awesome way to cap off this season, too, um, with an LSU team and a Notre Dame team who both kind of underperformed based on early season projection. Um, and then, you know, Brian Kelly versus Marcus Freeman. Brian Kelly finally playing his old team where he gained such a big notoriety and, you know, left. And a lot of people had a problem with the way he did it. Um, I think it would just be a, a really cool cap to a season that's been all over the place. Um, so if we were to match up against Notre Dame, would you guys be excited for that? Oh, yeah. That's like so much better than what me and my dad theorized of the Music City Bowl because that would have just been in the same situation as last year where we just ran it up on Purdue. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. Oh, geez, did we? Um, yeah, they the we were in the Citrus Bowl last year, the Cheese at Citrus Bowl, and they have Ole Miss going there this year because of Ole Miss's ranking. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if we were to take on Notre Dame in a bowl game, that would be awesome. Um, I saw that they also had a couple other teams in there, um, Wisconsin, Minnesota, um, like the, the middling Big Ten teams, basically. Um, which, if you match up a Big Ten team on this LSU team, it'd be fun. Boy, oh boy. Um, that'll be an interesting game to watch because it is literally defense with no offense versus offense with no defense. Um, <laughs> that being said, no defense. Hopefully, Matt House does not have a job uh, by the time it's opening day next September. Speaking about people who shouldn't have I jobs. I was about to say it. I, I can name three off the top of my head um, Dennis Allen. Pete Carmichael. Pete, Pete Carmichael. And Derek Carr. Wow. I said what I said. Take it away, boys. Um I don't buy into the Derek Carr. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not with the Derek Carr. He's still putting up stats. It's just when we get into the red zone, every drive, the play calling just goes away. Like, I mean, I'm watching the plays unfold and it's just the same thing over and over again with a slightly different look and the defense is just all over it nowhere to go um but shout out you know Blake Groupie the leading scorer of the game 15 total points uh an- another big uh play calling issue with me was you have the ball late in the fourth quarter you i mean it you don't really have a shot at winning but yet you're still going to kick a field goal on fourth down Approaching the red zone. Yeah, I mean, we were down that, nine. That kind of pissed me off a lot. We were down nine, fourth and short, less than two minutes left. If you go for it, you somehow end up in the end zone. Of course, you're going to have to onside, hope you recover, try to score again. Like, right. it's and we only had thing. one timeout. Yeah. But kicking a field goal right there kind of just sends a message to your team that you're giving up. Yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt. Um, and then, you know, it was not only that, but it was a long field goal and groupie ended up missing. Yeah. Which... You can't even be mad at because he kicked six field goals in the game and he made five of them. <laughs> so at some point, a rookie kicker who's never kicked in big moments and the big moments as he has that he has kicked in has missed all of them. You can't expect him to make six straight field goals like that. I know everybody wants to pretend that if you're an NFL kicker, you should make every single kick that you ever kick because that's what you're paid to do. But it's not that easy. I no. mean, last night we saw Tyler Bass, one of the best, missed two. Exactly. And although Jake Elliott nailed one from 59 to win the game or send it into overtime, yeah. like, 
that's not that's not the reality of the NFL. Field goals are gambles, regardless of where, where how, at, how yeah. long, how short. If it's a chip, whatever, it, it's a gamble. Matt Amendola, kicker for the Texans. If he yeah. makes that field goal, they go into overtime. Just short. And he hit the crossbar and it bounced if, the wrong if way. If that field goal was yeah. 57 and a half yards long, they'd be in overtime. Yeah, and then he got waived today. Wow. So, I mean, it's a tough league where the kickers are not people. yards and you barely miss. And it was right country. down the middle. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. beautiful it was I thought it was foot. in. Yeah. Um... But man, this this Saints team, man. I mean, I when when we posted about you know us saying today, um, I, I said you know, do you have the Monday blues? Well, we're gonna try our best to take your mind off of it. And I don't know how to take your mind off these Saints because think about LSU. Think about Jaden. That's why we opened with a twenty-five minute monologue about LSU, or not necessarily a monologue because there was more, multiple of us, but a dialogue. Some would say, <laughs> um, trialogue, trialogue, trialogue. That's no thanks. I just ate. That's the new name of the podcast. No thanks. I just the trialogue podcast. Um, but yeah, I mean Derek Carr. Like, I can't keep defending him. I understand the play calling's bad. I understand the coaching's bad. But he's not throwing the ball where it needs to be. He's making poor decisions. Like that ball, in the, that pick six. Even if Jesse Bates doesn't exist, they only have ten men on the field. The guy who's covering Rashid gets the pick. Like it was, it was not. It was not only a bad decision because Jesse Bates was there. It was a bad decision because the other guy was there too. Like if you go back and watch the film, that he had no chance of throwing a completion on that pass, but he threw it anyway. And the play that Chris Olave got concussed on, you don't put the ball there. Like he he's just not placing the ball in a good spot for his receivers, and he's not placing the ball in a good spot to win football games. Like, it's just nothing. It just feels wrong right now, and I don't feel the accountability from his side either. It would be one thing if he would come out in press conferences and be like, yeah, listen, I know I have to get better. I know I need to build chemistry. Like, taking blame, it feels like the blame's always going somewhere else, and although he's not the only person to blame, um, it it means a lot when you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes who MVS dropped a wide-open touchdown last week. And Patrick Mahomes is like, you know, I could have thrown that ball better. Whereas when Derek Carr throws a pick six and they ask him about it, it's just like, you know, we're we're going to figure something out. They, it, there's just the lack of accountability and the lack of improvement on the season is just I'm, I'm beyond my point of return with Derek Carr. So we just signed him to this ridiculous huge contract. contract. Saints fire Mickey Loomis. How are you today? Yeah. How do you get us out of that? Like, say you draft Jaden Daniels at whatever spot. Yeah. Like, the most ideal pick or whatever at quarterback. Are you paying? Like, you're just living with having a backup quarterback costing you $12 You try to trade him. If you whatever, can't trade him, you cut him. Is? That's the thing. Is If if a new GM comes in, it's, the, it's his turn. It's his team. Yeah. So, if I were a new GM... I do anything I think necessary to get the team where I need it, and if you have to rebuild for a couple of years, it is what it is. In my opinion, if you have a quarterback you that's getting money? overpaid, you got to eat the money. It is what it is. Yeah. It, when you when you come in with a new regime like that, you, you got to do what you got to do to make your team better. Um, and I think we've seen that with coaches in the past and GMs in the past, where you know just something wasn't working, they came in and they changed the culture, and it worked. Like if we look at Brad Holmes in Detroit. 
he brought in he traded Matthew Stafford, brought in Jared Goff, started dealing draft picks and getting tra- drafting people that people thought were severely overdrafted or didn't deserve to be picked or whatever the case may be. And although they lose on Thanksgiving, they are eight and three and in contention for the second seed in the NFC. Um, so when a new GM comes in, it's their team to make up. And if if that were me, my team would not have Derek Carr as the starting quarterback. And there would be a couple other changes that I would make too. And uh, that specifically talks about the coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, without a question. Yeah. I'm not saying like, you know, I, I I do think Derek Carr is a liability. Like, I'm not saying he's performing over the top. To me, he's definitely not meeting my expectations. Uh, having a rather lackluster season as far as it wins and losses comes. Um, I mean, yes, he's still putting up the stats as far as yardage goes, um, but not touchdowns. And touchdowns is what wins you games, not yardage. However, while I agree that he is a problem, I don't think he's as much of a problem as the coaching staff. I think he can he can improve. Mm-hmm. I don't see our coaching and coaching staff improving. That's, that's a fair point. Um, I do have a fun stat, though, I saw. Was um, it the comparing him to Andy Dalton last year? Well, that was also fun. <laughs> um, but the Saints have scored uh, three red zone passing touchdowns this season. Taysom Hill threw two of them, didn't he? Taysom Hill threw two. Jameis Winston threw one. Um, and for all three of those plays, Derek Carr was not on the field. So when you have three red zone passing touchdowns and the guy you're paying 32, 32 mil a year to is not on the field for any of them, that's embarrassing. Like, it just... It is what it is. Like, I, I'd hate to keep crapping on the guy, <laughs> but you have to you have to realize through what, 12 games into the season now, right? 11 games? We're 5 and 6. So, 11, 11 games into the season, he's just not... He's just not what you wanted. And sometimes you have to bite the bullet and do what you gotta do. Um, I'm not saying we need to cut Derek Carr today. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you need to reevaluate from top to bottom and if that's not what your team needs right now you fix it I'm tired of the Saints buying in on mid like we have to stop settling for mediocre and paying all this money just to win the division that's not why you play football you play football to win championships and we don't feel like we're fighting for championships right now we feel like we're fighting to be better than three other teams which in the worst division in (laughs) which I, I was about to say like it shouldn't be that hard to be better than these three teams, and no. yet we're second in the division to an Atlanta Falcons team who just finally realized they spent the eighth pick on a running back. Yep. <laughs> oh, gosh. Hey, at least we're not the Panthers. So looking forward we, to Sunday. We could, we could be head coachless. You're right. Which would probably make us better um, at this point. Well, would it? Would it? Because it would probably mean Pete Carmichael would be the interim head coach. No, there's no way. It'd be the offensive line coach or something stupid. <laughs> it, Doug Marone, you mean? Yeah, like it, it'd be. Doug Marone would step up. It'd or be one uh, of the line coaches, defensive yeah. or offensive. Line. Ryan Nielsen, maybe. Or Chris Richard. One of them. I don't know. Somebody stepping up. It kind of just scares me at this point. <laughs> like unless they get rid of both of them at the same time. Oh, if <laughs> if one gets fired, there's no way both of them are getting fired. I would hope so. Rebo Hustle, do you have any soapboxes to get on? Because I've been on mine for a little bit here. Or, or Mine's milk later. crates. Mine, mine will be in 10 minutes or so, but we can talk about uh, the Lions game. All right, so moving on. Um, we do not. Wait, 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 wait. Before we huh? go. We got to talk about Lions Saints. Oh, Saints. Lions Saints. I thought you yeah. meant the Lions versus Packers. Game no. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Sunday. Yeah, noon. we can talk about that. Um, 
I I I already placed a bet on that game. Lions I took spread. the Lions minus four. The fact that it's only a four point spread blows my mind. Lions are eight and three. I know they just lost to the Packers, but they only lost by a touchdown. Saints lost by more than that to the Falcons, and also lost to the Packers. The Lions have proven that they're a good football team. They are eight and three. They have a good coaching staff. They have better receivers. They have two really good running backs. And while their defense isn't as good as the Saints, they can score points, and the Saints simply cannot. Are we looking at next week if Chris Olave is still in concussion protocols? Shahid, Lynn Bowden. No, because Shahid's out too. Shahid, yeah, he didn't even uh, finish. Shahid pulled his quad. Uh, He's out for at least yeah. a week. The, the, beautiful. Like the Michael Thomas is on of, IR. Second half of the game, we didn't have any starting receivers in. Yeah, beautiful. Um, beautiful. So our wide receiver core going into next week, um, if Olave is still in concussion protocol because he did get a concussion, uh, would be Keith Kirkwood. Hell yeah. Lynn Bowden. A.T. Perry. Hell yeah. Lynn Bowden. Hell yeah. And the return of Marquez Galloway. That would be our wide receiver core. I wish it was John Trey Kirkland. Yeah, put Trevor Simeon back there, and we're back to three years ago. Hello, and we back beat Tom to when Brady. The tank should have started. I don't want to hear that. Um, yeah, man, Ugh. it's hard to be positive about the Saints, but versus the Lions, I'm taking the Lions all day, every day. Score prediction? There ain't much to talk about here, so we might as well skip uh, to the score prediction. I mean, thirty-one, thirteen, Lions. That's fair. That's pretty fair. <laughs> I hate I hate doing that to my team, but the Lions are my second team, so either way, I win. I think it'll be a little bit more score, a lower scoring, not more. Um, I'll go twenty-one ten Lions. What you got, Rebo? Actually, twenty-one nine Lions. Oh yeah, we ain't scoring a touchdown. You're right. <laughs> I'll split the difference. I'll go 28 to 12. No touchdowns. I had a scoring a touchdown. Because eh, at 13, good for you. At 13, I had us at one touchdown and two field goals in my brain. That's where you messed up. Um, maybe. Maybe. No, no, I'm not messing up. Maybe it's a touchdown. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I tried calling that last Jared week, Goff. and Jesse Bates scored it. On so, that well, note, Tyron Matthew got two On picks. that note, shout out Tyron Matthew getting yeah. two interceptions. Um, my my thought process is Jared Goff is absolutely going to get strip sacked. Um, hey, so just because he turns the ball over Carl twice Granderson a week, will get after sometimes him. three. Carl Granderson has been really good this season. If there's a bright spot for this this year, it is Carl Granderson. He is worth every single penny we paid him. It is hey, it is and, Carl Granderson and the quarterback Paulson Adebo. Paulson Adebo. It yeah. is Alante Taylor battling sometimes. through all these injuries. Man, he sometimes. cannot. It, like he's, you see him going into that tent. I feel like every, every game, game, and he's coming out with a vengeance. He, um, and that's what I like. Consistent at times, but he's definitely been better than what he could have been. Yeah, he shows heart. Oh, without a doubt, better than the third corner option on multiple previous Saints teams. True, and he's he's on better a than Bradley of, Roby on as a well. lot of NFL teams. Yeah. yeah, that too. That too. Um, but you know. NFL-wide, injuries have been, it feels like, more prevalent than any year before. Um, and we saw that in this game. I mean, Cam Jordan went out at one point. Like we said, Chris Olave, Rashid Jaheed, uh, Ryan Ramchek, I think, took a couple snaps off. Um, Eric, Eric McCoy, because we saw Max Garcia in again. Um, Pete Werner at one point was shaken up. Alante Taylor, like you said. Marshawn is still out. Michael Thomas on IR. 
So we're getting back to the Saints of old, where it's just we have yeah. 59 players in the... Not even that old, a year ago. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> true. I, I mean, I looked up for a minute, and it was uh, Pete... What's his name? The left Landon guard. Young? No, the left guard. The normal Garcia. Oh, uh, what? The guy who normally starts the left James guard. James Hurst? Yes. Pete Hurst Garcia Ruiz Landon Young. I was like, yep, I don't need to pay attention to this game anymore. True. And we didn't. <laughs> Sorry about it. Um, yeah, I mean, do y'all want to say anything else about the Saints? Nope. Because I, I really don't. Love to move on to basketball. Go for it. You're, you're you. repping. All right. He's rapping. He's going to wrap his basketball. No, he's bit. not. <laughs> Give me a B. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, since last week, since we last talked about the Pels, we... Uh, Improved. Slightly. We went 2-1. <laughs> um, two major blowouts against the Kings, back-to-back games. Um, and then... Still won money, though. Clippers play-in game. Play in no in season tournament game. I always want to call it play in. I don't mm-hmm. know why. Um, in season tournament game, it looked like the refs were trying to fix it to the Clippers win, and the Pelicans uh, outperformed the refs for the first time ever. Um, won that game by ten. Then we went into Utah on Saturday night. Uh, no Zion because it was a back to back and. Honestly, I'm okay with Zion sitting out back-to-backs because that means we get more games from him. I am... Everyone on social media saying we can't win games with Zion sitting back-to-backs, I don't care. I don't care. If we have a back-to-back and we sit Zion and we lose every second game of a back-to-back, I don't care. Clippers were a 5 seed last year. Because it means Zion's going to play every other game. Yeah. Clippers were a 5 seed last year, and Kawhi Leonard did not play a single back-to-back. He hasn't done it in six years. He doesn't play ever. Let alone back to backs. <laughs> Dude plays like ten games a season, and then he comes back for the playoffs and just and he, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah, one of them. <laughs> I mean, imagine forming a team of James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard all to try to beat Brandon Ingram. That's crazy. But we'll see them tonight. The Clippers? No, we'll oh. see the Pelicans again, again <laughs> against the Jazz tonight. Um, honestly, I think this the is this is gonna be. <laughs> This is going to be a, a big Zion game. Like, and in the last game against the Jazz that we lost, it was just like sloppy by both sides. I think that's the brand of basketball that the Jazz have been playing all year. That's yeah. why they're four and eleven or whatever they are. Um, and so personally, I don't know where the line is, but I'd probably take us by seven points easy. Uh, Laurie's also out. Laurie Markinen, they announced, is out. He was out the so, first night too. So, um. I feel a little bit better about that. I don't know our exact injury report if it's just everybody's in except Trey and CJ. Which, CJ, making his return on Wednesday. Yes. Or Friday. Speedy recovery. Well, they said Wednesday or Friday. Oh, I thought they officially said Wednesday. I'm just going off of my sources. I'm going off of Boot Crew. Uh, I was on Pelican's report. (laughs) Shout out to both of them. Yes. Um, Um, But yeah, I mean... I believe it's a win. Like it's it's hard to be Should like, be. and I believe they are also without Jordan Clarkson again tonight. Ooh, and so like two nights ago, we sat there and got cooked by Omar Yurt Seven. The Yurt. It was yogurt. I can't. Stand him. I also can't stand him. Um, me there. or Yurt. 
<laughs> you both <of> y'all. <laughs> but like Omar Yard Seven had a great game. Jonas couldn't really do anything, but Cody Zeller had a pretty good game. Shout out that old man. We also only played four guys off the bench, and Larry was one of them. And Larry only played twelve minutes, which I personally think is unacceptable. Being another person that cooked off the Jazz bench was Kelly Olynyk, and that's the perfect matchup for Larry. A guy that you have to guard on the perimeter, but you can still bang with on offense and get rebounds. And I'm sorry, but Najee Marshall is not the best guy to put on a center. Wow. Him admitting the fault of Najee Marshall. 2023, who would have thought? There was moments that I was like, like, I really think we need Najee right now. Two years ago, he would not. He would. Oh, I would. Uh, He would be saying a lot worse things about Najee. Official uh, injury report for tonight. CJ, Trey, Matt Ryan, out. Yeah. Uh, Laurie and Jordan, out for the Jazz. Um, so, kind of the, the people who we thought would be playing. Um, that being said, I do like the Pels to win this one tonight. I would assume you said the same, right? Yeah. yeah. Easily by seven. Easily by seven. You think you think the Pels pull out another win? We'll finally get to our double-digit wins on the season. I do. I um. Last game in November. You know, once again, uh, it's football season. I'm not. There's no such thing as football season. It's Pel season. I'm not <laughs> as invested in the Pelicans as I would be if it were not football season. Um, I'm out on football season at this point. I know. Oh, uh, I'm out on Saints season. I yeah, love the NFL. Correct. correct. Yeah, exactly. NFL and college football. I will be watching till it's done. Yeah, correct. Once that's over, then all my attention goes straight to the Pels be watching every game um so i haven't really been able to keep up with them much i mean of course i check the scores and the stats after each game get a little recap uh, sometimes when i'm working nights i'll tune in if there's nothing else on, if like there's no other football games on but other than that it's really kind of just here and there for me for the pelicans this is why i do love the team like i love the guys i'm gonna cheer for them regardless so i can bore you with pin down actions and Everything else. That's and why you live with me. Off ball screens and <laughs> James James Rago offense. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would like to see him win tonight. I do think they will. Um, but on a different note, our own Jared Butler. Mm-hmm. Hello. Hello. Played last night. Hello. Hello. For the Wizards. Hello. Against Hello. the Hawks. Hello. And was the leading scorer. No. For the huh? Wizards. No. He I'm had, He played 16 minutes. Got 13 Leading points. Leading score in 16 minutes. Got 13 oh. points, five assists, and two rebounds. You know, I kind of forgot that the Wizards were the worst team in basketball right now. Oh, no, they're playing the other worst team in basketball, the Pistons. Both teams, 2-14. and 14. Uh, Wizards are up 37-31 at the moment. Uh, Butler has not recorded a minute yet. How, did he How do you lead the team, the team in, in 13 points? Because they only scored 108. Wow, this is it's a bad Who's time to be a Wizards 12, fan. No Jordan Poole. This is disgusting. Belil Kubali is listed as a shooting guard. <laughs> Who? Belil Kubali, which is uh apparently the shooting guard for the a uh, 6-8 guy out of <laughs> France <laughs> that got drafted this year. Okay. Wimby's teammate. But he's definitely like a four. He's not a shooting guard. All right. Hey, you never know. Positionless basketball. But yeah. Um, did not expect us to talk about Belial Kubali today. Well, You're the only one who did. So Yeah, you. it, it wasn't us. 
I said, <laughs> I said, I did not expect it. Um, but yeah, y'all might have heard us mention the name Jared Butler before. Did go to high school with him. Won't um, answer the phone. Yeah, we're trying to we're trying to get him on. I mean, he's got a lot going on right now. Um, Some would say won a won a national championship at Baylor. Got drafted by the Jazz. Bounced around a little bit. Got drafted by the Pelicans for the Jazz. Yeah, correct. <laughs> then he went to the Gotta Thunder. Love the NBA draft. God. And oh, now he, he's hate, made his I way. Hate the NBA draft. You can only know where people go if you're watching. If you're listening to Woj, mm-hmm. yeah. he's made his way onto the uh, Washington Wizards. Who, uh, honestly, it's probably good for him because they're not a very good team. Oh, they are the worst team in the NBA right now. Two I, and fourteen. I cannot they're, believe they are tied with the Pistons, who they are playing right who now. Who they're going to lose to? They're, they're winning right now. <laughs> a Sir Thompson is going to have ten air balls. Light up the stat sheet. He's going to have fourteen, eight, and nine. But he's going to do it on 31% shooting. <laughs> um, 14 points what we, on 50 What are we shots? even talking about anymore? I don't know. Uh, let's talk about some bets, huh? What do okay. you say? Okay. Uh, we want to recap last week? You want to start yeah, us off? Yeah, I'll recap last week. Um, I went one for four. That's all we have to talk about. I did a Hello. bad job. Lions Hello. didn't win. The the under, I mean, the uh, the over didn't hit. The Niners hit their spread. But somehow the over hit on that, so I just didn't have a good time. So I I lost my belt. I went three for four. And what? Because the Ravens won by more than three and a half. What? The Texans lost by more than uh, 1.5. What? And so I, that's my miss. Yeah. And then Oregon beat the crap out of Oregon State, as we all know, and... <laughs> Tulane also won. So, there you go. Three for four. And Chicken Joe? I also went three for four. Ooh. Um, well, I went back to my tried and true four-leg NFL parlay. What? Which what? was the Miami Dolphins money line. What? The over in that game of 41. What? what? The Pittsburgh Steelers minus one and a half. What? what? And the one I did not hit on, the Detroit Lions spread. Oh. What? Um, y'all can share that belt. I get no rights to it for today. However, I'm hoping... Take a picture. For your screenshots. That's the thumbnail. Um, so, well, we did something a little different tonight for the bets. Instead of doing our own individual bets... It wasn't last, because we last, time, last time we did this, off air, it worked like a charm. It did. It hit. Um... So we, we we went ahead and we did a little three-leg parlay that we could share some rights in. So we each picked a leg for tonight's Monday Night Football game starting So you know who soon. to blame if it doesn't. Correct. It'll it. probably be me. It's always me. <laughs> well, you picked the worst leg, so we'll see. Um, trying to win his money, Bray. So why don't why don't we each go over our leg, and then we'll explain why, and then we'll give the odds. Okay. I, like um, I picked Jordan Addison for 40 yards. Jefferson's coming back tonight, right? Correct. Nope. He's not? No. Nope. nope. I thought he's he is in, inactive today. They're bringing it back after the bye week. Hello. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, regardless, they're playing the Bears. They are. That, that, that's no it. Sense. Okay, cool. Um, sweet. I took Josh Dobbs for 40 rushing yards because we know he likes to run a bit. And he does. They're playing the Bears. All right, good point. Um, and then I went with my boy, TJ Hawkinson, 
to score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Anytime touchdown, TJ Hawkinson. See that. It is the riskiest bet because touchdowns are the hardest to get. Yeah, touchdown probably harder to get than 40 yards. Yeah, true. However, it is Hawkinson who's had a great year. I think he's at five touchdowns this year. He's he's the number one fantasy tight end. I'll tell you that much. Um, and wow. then he's also going against the Chicago Bears, who have a bottom five defense against tight ends. Um, and Josh Dobbs has given TJ Hawkinson a 41% target share. Um, so if you're getting force-fed the ball and you're healthy, which he is because yeah, I mean, we saw what he, he logged the three straight full practices, which is a lot for TJ, um, and you're going against a bad defense, all of that adds up for me for TJ Hawkinson to have a big night tonight, and I think that'll include a touchdown. So, we got TJ Hawkinson anytime right here. Josh Dobbs, 40 rushing yards right there. Jordan Addison, 40 receiving yards right there. And that is a three-leg parlay that you can pay out at plus 840. Oh, wow. Yeah, that targets and touchdown really bumped it up. I'm not going to lie. See, the Hawkinson part kind of disagrees with what I need to do to win fantasy. Mm. Um, I need Hawkinson to have less than 0.8 points. Hello. That's <laughs> that's not going to happen. Um, we need Jordan Addison to... Are out- you talking about our matchup? The lettuce. Oh, well. we can In, in our matchup, I, we need, can I need Addison to outscore Hawkinson and... Madison. Madison. By, by nine. Nine, I think. Nine. Uh, maybe more. I thought it was more. Well, welcome I to the Fantasy like Football 5. Ten. Where we talk about Fantasy Football for five... Or three. Minutes. I don't know where three came from. <laughs> um, but let's Archery. talk about fantasy football. Um, so starting off with our dynasty league that we're all three in, where we're all three the three best teams, uh, the Mouse Cookies, Mouse Cookies took on the Gordita Lettuce. Hey, Ace Underdog is um, in contention because I had a skid. Okay, well. You are a skid. A mark, indeed. Mark. Um, so <laughs> the three best teams, um, Gordita Lettuce, Mouse Cookies, Lords of Farquad. Uh, two of us are getting wins this week, and that it would be Rebo Hustle and myself. High score. Um, as you were the high scorer, as long as Jordan Addison doesn't outscore uh, T.J. Hawkinson and Alexander Madison by uh, twenty-three. Yeah, I, I, thought, I thought it was a yeah. little. So bit. as long as Hawkinson and Madison don't get outscored by twenty-three points to Jordan Addison, I think I'll win this matchup, which would then leave me as the number one seed, Byron as the number two seed, and Rebo Hustle over here is the number three seed. Um, from last to, to Second. Contention, <laughs> yeah. So, um, it, it very fun times in this household to be a, a a sleeper team. Um, and then moving on to league of record, big money league, the school old mullets, uh, the rhythm and blues have all but locked up a playoff spot, moving into uh, eight and four with a win this week. Um, I think we're up. Nacho Libre, Nacho oh, Libre. That's why. <laughs> yes. Boom. The last. The team in last league place. winner. Um, we looked at <laughs> we looked at the schedule. We were like, we need a win to get in the playoffs. And I was like, we're good. We play Danny next week. That really, I'm, all we needed was one win. I'm highly upset. Like I know I'm not making playoffs, but um, there was a scheduling mishap um, beginning of the season. Normally, we play each team once, and the team we play first, we play last. Last. So weeks one and fourteen, right? Same opponent. Um, I play Nacho Libre week one. But because of the scheduling mishap, I end up playing last year's champion back to back weeks in thirteen and fourteen. Beautiful. Wow. <laughs> that sucks. Um I mean ideal. It doesn't 
Fortunately for you, it doesn't matter. No, yeah. But if it did matter, I'd be very upset hey, I'd, for you. I'd love to shake things up and maybe knock somebody out of the playoffs. Yeah, I'm sure you would. It'd be beautiful. I don't know who it's going to be. You already beat us, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Hell yeah, I did. can't believe you did that. Um, but no, we're 8-4. and four. Um, We've all but locked up a, a playoff spot. I mean, of course, we want to keep winning. We're not going to sit by the wayside and just let our team do, do whatever until the playoffs. We, we want to, you know, lock up a higher seed. Um, but I think eight wins will at least get us into the dance um, based on other people's performances. And every team we needed to lose this week yep. lost this week. The, the three teams above us all won. We're at the four seed, and then everybody below us that's in that, like, five to eight all lost. Um, so for us, you know, it, it was a good week. As far as standings go, we, you know, we're, we're looking good for the Ribbon Blues to get their first playoff appearance in the school of mullets. We need a... Um, uh, Jordan Addison to outscore DJ Moore by four to get twenty five dollars. Yeah, yeah. If uh, if that happens, we will be the highest scorer on the week, which will be our first time this season. I think we first did it ever. once. I hope no, I think we did it once last season. I remember getting twenty five dollars at some point, and me being like, Reese, do you want thirteen or twelve? And I think I told you to keep it. Yeah, probably okay, because that I'm makes broke. more sense. I um, see, for y'all's sake, I hope Jordan Addison outscores DJ Moore by forty five. I also hope DJ Moore puts up twenty points. And he still outscores him by 45. All right. That's terrifying. I don't want that to happen because then I, I really lose that sleeper. <laughs> um, but, you know, I keep saying we won, but we haven't technically won yet because we do have Jordan Addison. However, um, as long as he doesn't get negative 35 points, we will <laughs> we will indeed lock up that W. Um, hey, my team knows when to win. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I've beaten The teams I've beaten have been the Dantons and you. <laughs> I that's, cannot stand you. That's I hate that. I hate that so much. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the fantasy football roundup of what we've got going on. Are we still undefeated against Dantons since joining the league? Probably. Maybe Dutt beat us one time. I don't know. Um, but this year we are. <laughs> uh, so yeah, fantasy football is looking. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm having a pretty good year all yeah. around. Me too. Like, besides the one league. Like in sleeper, I'm I'm doing well. In this league, I'm doing well. I have like three other leagues where I'm seven and four. Another league, two other leagues where I'm eight and two. Like, I'm kind of I'm low key killing it this year. So I'm, I'm pretty happy. Fantasy basketball, I'm good. Yeah, that's miserable. Yeah, it is. That's a stupid league that we're in. My team stinks. My team's good. It's just I'm looking. They ahead. don't put up I'm numbers. Looking ahead to fantasy baseball. Fantasy baseball. I will not be playing that. Yeah, I don't believe in that either. Anything else you boys want to cover on this episode of? Off the dome. Um, I just got something to say. Do not ever order a side of lettuce from Taco Bell. Hey, hey, hey. It was the best lettuce I've ever eaten in my life. And it gave me a name for my fantasy football team. Gotta do what you gotta do. Uh, Cover the good, the bad. The good, the mid, and the very ugly. And LSU, the Pels, and whatever we're calling that team in the Superdome nowadays. Um, Talked about some fantasy football, and hopefully you bet our parlay. Josh Dobbs, 40-plus. Jordan Addison, 40-plus. TJ, to score a touchdown. Chicken Joe says like he looks like he wants to say something. I do. Did y'all see what Ludacris did (laughs) during the Falcons game? I saw that he performed. Not only did he perform, he rappelled down from the ceiling onto the field. Interesting. In 2023, are we talking about Ludacris? I thought that died with the Fast and Furious series. No, he's got big hair now. 
Old Luda's back? Old Luda is back. All right. There we go. Well, the fact that we got to a point where we're talking about Ludacris probably probably shows what we think about our teams right now. Um, unfortunately, we won't have a we won't have much to talk about with LSU coming up, so we'll have to hyper focus on the Saints and the Pels. Um, but that being said, looking forward to bowl season for LSU. We'll talk about college football um, and the playoffs that are looming. We'll talk about what that may mean for LSU next season, maybe some recruiting type stuff. Um, and then, you know, as always, just keep looking forward to all of our content coming out. Like I said, you can find us on Spotify or YouTube. The live videos show up, or you can watch the you uh, the video back um, when we post it. I had a stroke there. I heard it. Um, <laughs> you heard the stroke? Yeah. And then, um, of course, follow us on the f- artist formerly known as Twitter, uh, X, off the underscore dome pod. Follow the boys at the no and everything going on over there at B in the know, K-N-E-A-U-X. The only way to spell it. Thank you very much, Rebo Hustle. I am Redfish. I'm Mustang. And I'm Rebo Hustle. And we will see you next time.